Good afternoon, we are here in Johannesburg at, at the site of the 11th CADEP partnership platform. Um, and I'm here, I'm lucky to have uh, Nana, uh, who is the CEO of the Private Enterprise Federation in Ghana and representative of the private sector in most of the continental CADEP processes. I would like to ask um, Nana a few questions about the importance uh, of Malabo and what needs to happen after the Malabo Declaration to strengthen food security in Africa. So the first question, Nana, is really um, the Malabo Declaration have given a new mandate in terms of strengthening trade in Africa in order to achieve food security and in particular the ambition is tripling intra-Africa trade by 2025. So what do you think should uh, should happen to achieve that target from a private sector perspective? Well, I'm very glad for this opportunity because, uh, you know, the ten first 10 years of CADEP put institutional capacities and framework together. But there was a missing link. That is a domestic private sector play in the whole CADEP implementation. And as a consequence, since there were no domestic private sector where there was a strong reliance on foreign direct investors. And they would come and invest without thinking about the intra-Africa trade. So now that the Malibu Com uh, Convention, Malibu Commitment, Malibu Co Declaration is talking about tripling intra-Africa trade, we look at the constraints. What are the things that we need to do to, tr to be able to trade among ourselves? First and foremost, we have to add value to what we do. Secondly, we have to have the infrastructure, infrastructure capacities in their power, irrigation, all these things in place to be able to, to do the business that we need to do. We have to bring down our cost of doing business so that our products become competitive. And you can only trade what you produce. And because we all re rely on the rudimentary raw material base and there's no added value of processed material and all, everybody has almost the same thing. But if we were to add value, Nigeria may be doing three or four things in soybean, maize, and others. Ghana may be doing banana planting and others. Somebody would do poultry. So there's a synergy as to what Kenya can trade to Ghana, what Kenya can buy from Ghana, what Ethiopia can buy from, you know. So there's a need for a consensus consolidation of private sector angle as to first information. What is available to what? If the information is there and we know that Ghana needs poultry, Ghana needs onions, Ghana needs plantain, Ghana needs this, then people who see Ghana as the recipient of this will not be able to aggregate their capacity to produce for. The same thing Ghana can look at others. But we have to be able to produce these things within our countries. And that is what the missing link is. Because the domestic private sector is so low in capacity, so low in resources, that they're not able to. So with the Malibu Convention, what we need to see is the strengthening of the domestic capacities, strengthening of the institutional framework, strengthening of the businesses, so at least they can become competitive. And in that angle, they should be able to take advantage of all the opportunities, because Africa trade versus the rest of the world runs into billions. But between Africa and the South, it's minuscule compared to what is free. So if the opportunities are there, why aren't we taking advantage of? So to be able to take advantage of strengthening our capacities, strengthening our technical skills, bringing innovations, those are the things that we need to do. Thanks, Nana. And in terms of, do you believe there is a role to play uh, in terms of foreign investment 
and what is your feeling about some of the tensions that sometimes we hear voiced by the smallholder farmers when they see that large investment is coming with this, of course, new enthusiasm for the fact that Africa can become, in principle, the breadbasket of the world. But do you see potential tension or rather a win-win opportunity between oh, smallholders and, and foreign investors that maybe can bring, as you say, the foreign capital, someone to know how the equipment Yeah, needed. You know, there's always a misunderstanding of the intent of others. If you don't have the resources, you always scared that somebody is coming to take advantage of you, to take advantage of the opportunity that could have accrued to you. So you tend to fear foreigners coming in. But they bring technology. They bring the best practices. They bring financing. So, but what can be done for, to create a win-win situation is a partnership arrangement where the foreign direct investors come to different African countries, partner with the locals to bring the local skill up. So their skills are developed, they have a partnership arrangement, they have the financing tools, so at least they are also part of the framework for the development. Because we cannot see the, the locals sitting idle for the rest of mankind. And if that is going to happen, there might be a social revolution one day that, hey, this is our heritage, how come it's being taken away from us? The smallholder farmers, red herring, that's what I call it, fear. It's not, not unfounded, but it's because they don't know what to do. And if we create this partnership, the foreign direct investor will be the market for the smallholder farmer. They're going to bring the input, they're going to bring them the high yielding variety of seed, they're going to bring them the mechanization. They're going to bring them the best practices. So at the end of the day, the yield of the smallholder farmer is going to triple or quadruple to a point where he now feels good that he's doing business. Because now he realizes he's not only producing to feed himself, but he's a smallholder business person. And he has all the tools and the needs to be able to do. So to me, it's a win-win situation, but we need the awareness creation. We need to uh, disabuse the minds of the small holder uh, farmer that, hey, they're coming to take your life. No. If there's any leasehold arrangement, the smallholder farmer has to be secured that he has all these benefits accruing to them. And then the art grower or the, mid, the big player coming from business becomes the market and the off-taker of the smallholder's produce. So those are the things that I think the as our business institutions are situations, we have a lot to do with um, disabusing the minds of the smallholder farmer. Don't be scared. It's in your best interest. Because without them, you're not doing much. And if they come with the technology transfer, with the skills training, you should be better off than before. Thank you, Nana. I mean, you obviously are mentioning areas that are very practical. And I, I know that the private sector, both commercial operators and smallholder farmers, complain often that some of these conferences we attend, the dialogues we attend, like here in Johannesburg, which on the one end are very important, but risk to be a bit of a talking shop. So what is your assessment, given that today is the last day of the partnership platform in Johannesburg? What is your general assessment? Did we do well enough here? Did we achieve what we were trying to do to ensure that there is a clear follow-up and cooperation of follow-up to the Malabo Declaration? Yes, there's a follow-up, but I would want to see more. I want to see more in the sense that the practicalities, we have done a lot of talking. We have now identified the 
action plans, the processes and procedures, let's now implement. This is implementation period. This is not a time to be able to, to talk on, on and on again because throughout the period up to the end of Malibu, we have found our declarations. Now we post Malibu as to the implementation process. And this meeting here, the partnership, and the key word is partnership, that we're building among partners. Everybody's going to take their responsibility seriously and then go on the action plan. So in two years when we come, we have no excuse but to report on action plans and successes of what we had implemented the ground. So to me, it's a rude awakening, but we have to grab the bulls by the horns and say, okay, this is where we are. We've talked long enough. We have all the uh, strategies and now the road is our face. And that's, and that's why they said, walk the talk. So if we're going to walk the talk, there's no excuse tomorrow when we come back in two years. Thank you. And looking forward, um, Nana, maybe looking in particular at your region, because you are here also representing all of the private sector, but of course uh, Ghana has an important role in particular also to strengthen regional integration, regional value chains in your West Africa region. So if you think of West Africa, can you give me two or three examples of concrete steps that you uh, would like to take to make these operational steps real to reach some of the Malabo targets like better food security, better regional markets. What concretely are you going to do as of tomorrow? The first and foremost is to strengthen the regional group. If you notice that most of these uh, shops and conferences and dialogue sessions, ECOWAS is missing in its capacity as an umbrella institution uh, to governize the food security in the sub-region. So we want to strengthen that. We want ECOWAS to focus on this, the, 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 the tennis of CADEP, because CADEP is the overall you know, platform for the entire Africa. We cannot be segmented or segregated away from it. So first and foremost is to strengthen the recognition of ECOWAS as to the roadmap of CADEP. So we all have a uniform platform that we can talk to. That the technical expertise, because the, if we strengthen the, the regional grouping, it's also in, in reverse going to strengthen the domestic. And if the domestic is strong enough, they can demand from the sub-region or the regional group that this is what we want to do, this is where we want to go. We don't have the 10% uh, growth, 10% uh, expenditure on government. We don't have the 6% growth. How can we work together within the sub-region, look at the population map, looking at the the, the, the market. How do we do that to be able to? But because the, the this low costs are not strong enough and the region is not taking advantage, these things are not happening. So the first and foremost is to strengthen the, the sub-regional group and then backward link it, secondly, to strengthen the domestic and then working with our government as partners. Because government has a disadvantage in the sense of that limited resource and there's competing uh, demand on government resources. So government has to work with the private sector and see that the efficiency that private sector brings to the table and the partnership that we can work with government to provide the infrastructure deficiency and uh, to, uh, to fill out the infrastructure deficiency in a way that government cannot afford. Private sector would do it. Local private sector in partnership with foreign would do it in place of government and then recoup their investment down the road. So there are three things that I want to see. The regional group strengthening the local capacities built and strengthened, and then the absolute partnership between government and private sector. Maybe my last question, Anna, would be, 
do you see a role for European uh, partners? And I'm thinking of the donors that, of course, for years, for example, have provided aid in general for strengthening uh, regional economic communities like ECOWAS. But in the future, given all of the important elements you've just mentioned, what may be more the European donors could do vis-à-vis -vis this important role of markets in West Africa, for example? One word, capacity. Capacity in the sense that you cannot develop in a vacuum. The Europeans have the technical, have perfected their technical skills and all the other things. And I've been drumming this part that, you know, I was in Copenhagen for a period of time and I went to the Danish people and I said, look, can we create a partnership? Because the Eastern uh, countries are flooding your markets with cheap commodities. If you can come to Ghana, and we have a labor force, which is low cost, and bring your expertise and marry the two, produce specifications to your market, you have getting made. So there's a complete and absolute need for the European partners to come because they have the expertise, they have the quality that we're looking for. If you can bring the expertise and the quality level in, in line with the cheap labor that we supply, there's no way that they can re not recapture their markets. So there's a win-win situation if we look at it that, yes, we are donor partners. What are we going to do with our money? You know, I don't like the monies when they spread so thin around the fringes that they cannot even make an impact. Concentrate on a few at a time. And the volume of the concentration will escalate to something that is tangible that you can put your teeth in, can lay your hands on. So the need for the European community to look at Africa, to look at Ghana as specific, is that here is the opportunity to build what we could not do at home and bring it back home at low, low cost and so that we can have the quality standard that we used to over the years without being infringed upon by the uh, European uh, cheap, uh, cheap commodities. So You're not afraid that uh, this trend uh, in Europe of connecting aid with some of the private sector promotion private sector from Europe, eh? we call it maybe economic diplomacy, this connection between aid and economic diplomacy then doesn't no, because scare I'm, you. On the no, contrary, no. maybe for you it's a good development. It's a good development because I'm nurturing a relationship with Grow Africa. Mm. And Grow Africa is bringing a foreign big players to Ghana. And I said, this is what I want you guys to come. We're looking for partners. But if you're coming to do on your own, and then after your investment, you get filled with your investment and go away. Those are the things that we don't want because they collapse industries. But if you come as a partner, it's a win-win situation. But they, as you said, the scare is because they have not explained themselves well. The scare is because we have not also looked within ourselves that what are they really coming to do? What do we want? We want a partnership. Is that what they want? Let's sit down, negotiate, talk, and come to terms with what we all need, and I think it's going to be a beautiful win-win situation for everybody. Thank you, Nana. You have a lot of suggestions for the donors, for the regional economic community, so we hope these suggestions are going to be taken into account. We hope, we hope that if they do, uh, we come back in two years, smiling all the way to the bank. Okay, all the <laughs> <Thank> best. <you. laughs>